Hello everyone, you're listening to the Belladance Live podcast. I'm your host Jana Komarnitska and I'm thrilled to share a new portion of dance inspiration with you. If you are a new listener, welcome to the show. Don't forget to subscribe and receive automatic updates about our new episodes. And if you are our regular listener, welcome back. Please leave your reviews on whichever app you're listening. They really help me promote the show and spread awareness about Belladance art form. Plus, I really like hearing back from you. On this note, let's get to our today's episode. Would you like to know how to get more students through the door and, most importantly, retain them and earn more money? Then the solution to your questions will be Sharky, the Baladance workout. The founder of this system, Orit, shares how teaching Baladance fitness transformed her own career in a way no performance opportunities ever could and it can benefit your dance career just the same way. You also can receive class chorus built in a powerful and flexible way that will maximize your results and save tons of time during prep work for the class. Join Sharky's 3-month instructor academy that features an online course, weekly coaching sessions and business coaching. You'll live with a razor-sharp teaching skills and best practices for your teaching business. Enrollment is now open for the next Sharky Instructor Academy beginning October 3rd. Apply at sharky.com slash teach s-h-a-r-q-u-i dot com slash teach Direct link will be in the show notes. Today is just going to be two of us, you and me. <laughs> I'm joking, but only partially because I decided to do a new solo episode based on a very important topic of Tarab, inspired by our recent intensive at the Yana Dance Club. But before I get to all nuances of dancing to Tarab and what is Tarab and everything else, I have a couple of short but important announcements to share with you. So, announcement number one. <laughs> I have decided to renew ads and sponsorships for the Belly Dance Life podcast. So, if you are someone who has uh, uh, anything dance-related or anything that will be useful for dancers in their dance life and would like to spread awareness about your courses, products, services or whatever it can be, now you have opportunity to do it via the Belly Dance Live podcast. Just simply contact me for more information. You can contact me on social media at Yana Dance on Instagram or Facebook or email me at info at yanadance.com. My contacts and links always in the show notes, so you can easily find them there. And I want to make sure that this podcast remains being useful not only in educational plan for all our listeners, but also in practical way in terms of uh, giving them some suggestions on what they may want to bring in their dance life or uh, find some solutions for their needs and problems, as well as how they can push their career and training to the next level. So you probably have already noticed a couple of uh, these kind of announcements on the podcast. And if you're someone who is listening to this podcast and would like to have uh, your announcement and become a sponsor for this podcast, simply contact me. Another announcement is related to my beloved Yana Dance Club because even the current episode is kind of inspired by our activities there. But 
This week we are starting a new intensive at the Yana Dance Club, all dedicated to belly rolls and belly flutters. So if you're someone who really wants to master your belly uh, muscle technique and control, definitely check it out. I'll be sharing a lots of different exercises, drills, uh, tricks, uh, little nuances on how to make it finally work and move in the direction you want to move it. So check it out just as well as check out our previous intensive because a few weeks ago we finished a choreography intensive dedicated on learning a choreography to Tabuana Mali song. It's a Tarab song and that's why after our activities, which was a 10-week intensive, uh, those activities inspired me to put some material and some information and thoughts about this topic and share it today with you on this podcast. So as today we will be talking about what is tarap, uh, what is different in terms of how to dance to tarap uh, and how it will be different than you're dancing to another oriental song, as well as uh, the actual terminology. And sometimes we say we, we dance tarap, but is it correct or not? All this we discuss here and all this was inspired by our intensive because we dived into these topics really deep. Our intensive was around learning a full-length choreography, but it was not limited only on learning and memorizing routine. It was also polishing nuances and making it really like your own choreography, but also diving into such topic as understanding of Tarab, as I mentioned, but also emotional expression on stage, facial expression, and we even did some cool uh, makeup sessions which in my mind is kind of like a complete all-rounded topic and package around the opportunity to learn, dance and express yourself through the Tarab music. So both of these intensives are available as a part of the membership at the Youngdance Club, as well as access to a bunch of other tutorials and programs. And you can find everything at youngdanceclub.com. Link will be also in the show notes. And let's get to our today's topic of nuances of dancing to Tarab music. Let's start this conversation with a question. Would it be appropriate to say that I am dancing Tarab? Tarab is a very complex term. It's one of those unique words in Arabic language that barely have any really proper translation into English with reflecting all nuances of this term. But nevertheless, let's try to understand and figure it out. So if to describe generally, to give general definition or explanation to the term, tarp can be described as a strong emotional response with possible physical reactions to that happens naturally without our decision to react in this way. For instance, you see such a beautiful sunset that uncontrollably you just hold your breath and say wow. It's not like you decide to hold your breath or decide consciously to say wow. It just gets out of you due to the impression that this beautiful nature scene got on you. Another example can be you listening to music and then you catch yourself kind of grooving and moving to this music. So this is not the decision to go and dance. This is not even decision to imitate movements. It's just uncontrollably, unconsciously, or 
at some level your body reacted that you just want to move to this music. It can also happen in theater that by the end of this dramatic finale you just start sobbing. So, as you can see, tarab reaction may occur to objects of art, it can occur to as a reaction to the nature scenes, someone's speech, and many other things that move us deeply inside. Reactions also vary from amusement and happiness and excitement to deep sorrow, sadness, tears, etc. In fact, in the old book of songs from Baghdad's 10th century, there are about 500 entries mentioning Tarab. Some given definition, some just mentioning Tarab and different situations when Tarab may occur. As performers, as dancers, we may experience Tarab by fully connecting to the movement and music. We may experience Tarab as an audience members also observing the dance show. So, coming back to the question if is it appropriate to say that we are dancing Tarab, the answer would be not really. Because Tarab it's a state, it's emotional state, it's physical state and it's a reaction to something that we may experience. So, while we are dancing, we may experience Tarab, but it's not like we are dancing Tarab. What we are doing as dancers, as belly dancers, is dancing to a classic songs, which are very often referred to as Tarab songs. Singing and music in general play very important and very essential role in the Arabic culture. And the mainstream music styles were evolving according to the time period. Music that causes Tarab reaction is mainly found in the late 19th and 20th century repertoire. That doesn't mean that that's the only music that can cause Tarab, but it was a very special period in the cultural history of the region. It's time of legendary Uncle Sum, Farid al-Altrash, Abdel Bahad, and many other famous names as ballet dancers. You know that they're important, we are dancing to their songs, and they're kind of must-know singers and composers. For instance, Um Kalsum was known for her ability to literally stop the war. Soldiers were pausing the shooting on both sides in order to listen to her voice on the radio. And let's remember that at those times it was live-streamed radio shows. It also was a very special time in terms of attitude to the music. For instance, people were coming to the concerts to listen sometimes to just one song. Like, literally. It could have been just one, one hour long song. Can you imagine, like, this kind of situation today? It's really difficult. And sometimes, if you're not much familiar with that culture, it's very difficult to even associate or imagine how that would be possible. But simply think about any classic song like Alf Leila, Enter Omri, like I'm pretty sure many of you know, heard, dance too, possibly. If you think about it, the songs were super rich, so many different sections, so many different changes in beat, in melody, in leading instrument. And what we as dancers are typically familiar with, it's already super shortened versions, or it's already arrangements of those songs, of those original super long songs that would have each section develop, culminate, transform into another, then come back to the previous one. So it was the whole concert 
possibly based on one song, but it's not like it was the one melody or the one theme, music theme. It was constantly changing, but still was around like one themed song. And within, during this one song, people were experiencing all range of emotions, from love to cry, from euphoria, happiness to heartbreaking sorrow. So that's why it was such an important time in history, in cultural history, in music history of the region. And I hope you now understand why we today refer to those songs by Um Kasum, by Warda, by Abdel Wahab, and other artists of that time as classic songs or so-called Tarab songs. And dancing to such songs, it's a very responsible uh, task and very nuanced one as well. It will be very different. I think the differences between dancing to folkloric or even to drum solo are pretty obvious, but there will be differences even between dancing to Tarab song or dancing to any other oriental song like Mechanseo, pop song or lyrical song. So let's take a look and see what would be actual differences in our dance presentation. So the first nuance will be based around movement vocabulary, which will be mostly leaning towards more delicate, more soft movements. That doesn't mean that there are no like uh, sharp or aggressive or pushy moments uh, or strong moments in your choreography, but they will be not the main uh, center of attention. For instance, even arms. Uh, imagine mejense. You may have the entire mejense or most part of the mejense with using your arms wide open, uh, almost like fully extended straight with this projection of energy towards audience all the time. When dancing to tarab songs, you may have some moments like this, but you almost immediately come back to more delicate movements, to arms more centered around your body. Even the energy projection, yes, we of course, the every choreography, every dance style, it's always a balance between projecting energy outwards and pulling energy inwards, projecting it inwards, and it's interchange between these two. But in Tarab songs, uh, there will be many more sections or there will be a very important place to the moment that you kind of drag energy, pull energy inside you. Then even if you're through your song or through the meaning of song communicate to audience, it's still, it's not a projection outwards. It's pulling their energy towards you, inside you. And the movement vocabulary, the arm work will be also reflecting that. So it will be more centered around you. And even open white arms, they still probably will have a little softer touch than if you're dancing to measure or drum solo. This factor is also influenced by another nuance, the extreme importance of lyrics in Tarab songs. Yes, Tarab songs have very rich multi-layered melodies. They have different beats, it's always changing, and as a dancer you want to reflect all these richness of musicality. You want to reflect that violin that you hear on the uh, somewhere on the back of the main melody, or then suddenly it switches the main uh, lead to Ney or to Kanun, and you want to reflect all those layers and all those nuances and all those accents with drums and uh, melodic instruments in your dance, but the center queen, the center stage, the center throne, 
it's still dedicated to lyrics and meaning of the song. For instance, one main choreographing tip is if you are either choreographing or improvising, right away plan that do not put too much, too many traveling steps once the lyrics start. Traditionally, this is much rather calmer in terms of dance-wise or number of movements that you do part of the song when you just center on one spot and bring audience's attention to the meaning of words and mood. That doesn't mean that you're not dancing, don't misunderstand me, you still show technique, you still use dance movements, but the, you are using them as a tool to reflect those lyrics, to reflect those emotions and that meaning and that message of the song. They're not there for the sake of themselves, they're there as a tool. In general, we need to use our technique as a tool, not as the main focus or center, but especially on tarp songs in the moments when we have lyrics and even extra tip or layer, especially use this tip with the very, very first appearance of voice in the song. If later throughout the song you may alternate and depends on the melody and general mood, there are some variations, but the very beginning, the very first words, the very first lines of songs, typically even the whole music, if you listen, all the instruments kind of go down. They calm down to give that highlight, that spotlight to the singer, to the voice. And as a dancer, dancing to tarp song, you're also reflecting the same. If before you had a long intro and very typical tarp song, they have very long melodic intros or different sections even, that was your time to get on stage, to introduce yourself, uh, uh, quote marks, let's say, introduce yourself in quote marks to the audience, to show your technique, to show different variations, your musicality, all that stuff. Once the voice starts, at least the first lines, the first part, the center spot is to the words and to the lyrics. Also, because of such importance of the meaning of songs, it is also very important to dance respectfully and mindfully with all these notes, even when you are choosing to dance to instrumental arrangement of the song. Don't forget that all these type songs, they're so important, so important to Arabic culture that most people who know and familiar with these music styles, they will know the songs and they will recognize them and they will know the meaning of those songs, even if there are no lyrics, no singing in specific version that you chose to dance. So, even if it's just melody, you still need to showcase meaning and mood of the original song. And that's why you see so many popular a lists on the internet, a list of, I don't know, 10 must-know songs for ballet dancers, or 20, or 30, or whatever it is, it's also because, especially if you're in the beginning of your ballet dance journey, you may choose some song based on your preferences, or you like this melody, or you like that beat, or that section, or the mood, or you just like the song, and you start trying to do your own interpretation without realizing that this specific song actually has a very rich and deep history and it has already meaning which you don't need to interpret or is it sad or is it happy you just need to understand and then do your interpretation of that message that is already embedded in the song 
even if it's just instrumental version that you happen to pick up. That's why whenever you see this list of must know tarp song or must know balladin songs, don't skip them. Go through the titles, research them and get familiar with those melodies uh, so that whenever you're choosing next time the song you may already recognize or whenever you're choosing, of course, always research what is the name, what is the single composer if it's instrumental, and try to figure out more or less when it was created. Because if you see that original song was created long time ago, research, because most likely what you're picking up, it may be not the original version of the song, and the original version of the song may have lyrics, may have words and meaning already embedded in this song. Speaking of lyrics and meaning of tarab songs, uh, there is another nuance which will be a little bit tricky, and it's about this suffering things on stage. Because tarab songs very often have very dramatic, very heartbreaking lyrics, and many dancers do a mistake of putting too much drama and too much suffering on stage in attempts to reflect the meaning of song. So the Intention is very good, it's trying to fully reflect the deepness and the dramatic side of the lyrics, but performance or how it is presented often goes to the extreme end of overacting, over dramatizing, and to the point that dancers may start like crying or imitate crying on stage. And in this regard, I, ha I remember a very interesting uh, episode in my training, uh, which really stuck to me, and it really gets to the point of specifically nuances of dancing to tarp song. It was the moment of a workshop with Raya Hassan that I attended, and I remember she was kind of, I don't remember if it was in the middle of workshop or right after we were talking, and I remember her speaking to all of us students in the class, kind of being surprised and questioning. She literally was like telling, like, why? Why would I want to see a dancer crying on stage? As an audience member, I come to show to feel joy, not to feel someone's suffering. By that said, that also did it mean that, oh, you don't need to dance to Arab songs. It's kind of actually opposite. It's expected as a belly dancer, as a professional belly dancer, as a mature belly dancer, you will chose, choose to dance to Arab songs. So, here's the question of how to express the super dramatic, sad song, but still make audience feel joy by watching you dance into them, especially because they understand the meaning of song and they know it's sad and you cannot just smile because then it will be, huh, but this dancer doesn't understand the song. And at the same time, you cannot really cry to the same level of dramatism that you hear in the lyrics and surf on stage because then it becomes too much for them. So that's why I'm putting it as a additional nuance of specific dancing to tarp song that we have to deal with very often, not always, but very often, very deep and very sad lyrics. But in our dance, we need to reflect that sadness, but we need to reflect it kind of not in a sad way, which is a very tricky <laughs> challenge that we need to take. So not to be happy to a sad song, but also not to be extremely sad. And 
The reason why I brought this example is because many dancers do the mistake of literally trying to cry or over-dramatize, and this is very often not necessary. So you need to find this balance, this nuanced expression, which will be personal. There is no one way, one right way to express or to present the song. It is personal, it is individual, but you will need to find that balance between sadness and still remembering that you are a performer and you need to bring emotions and memories and joy to audience. But at the same time, joy doesn't mean always smiling, laughing and, and feeling happy. Joy can be different. It's a much deeper experience. It's the experience sometimes of tarap. And our goal as dancers, of course, is to create tarap both for us by being present in the moment, connecting to music, connecting to the feeling, and for the audience who observe us and who can get into this, like, can be transported into this special moment of feeling. And the closing nuance that I want to bring your attention to, which also will be related to the lyrics and music interp or lyrics interpretation, and especially to dancers' desire to show that they understand lyrics is the moment of lip-syncing. And here is two things, or maybe one. It's just both sides of the one thing. First of all, if you're really, like really, and I will repeat, really into the song, and you indeed really can't help but sort of sing it with your lips, it's one situation that you really so much mean and feel it. But remember that, first of all, any relaxed lip syncing or, let's say, uh, lazy singing or imitation of singing will look unnatural. And it often will do opposite job from what you want. It will distract the audience from the moment and take them out because there is something visually not looking on place. So although they may be taken by your dance and emotions, then suddenly they may be taken out just because they see this sort of lazy lip syncing or lazy kind of imitation of singing and it does not match what they hear to what they see. Especially... This applies to foreign dancers who do not speak Arabic language or any other language in this matter that applies to this example. And even if you really learn the lyrics, you memorized and you can recite the lyrics on your own, still be very careful. And if you have a teacher of Arabic language, then work with the teacher. If you don't have, then be very mindful that even if you think you know, and you kind of can pronounce the words in Arabic language. If you didn't learn proper with facial like gesticulation of your lips, of your mouth, how exactly we pronounce the sound? Because the same sound like ah, it can be pronounced in some cultures, in some languages. It will be with mouth more open, in some with lips more closed, rounded shape, more spread lips, teeth together, lung, like tongue to the one side or another. Like there are many nuances which 
may result more or less in the same sound. So like, okay, like the native speakers will understand you, but they may hear, okay, it's a foreign dancer, foreign person, but I understand what she's saying. But from stage, they don't hear you. So it's just gesticulation of your face, which doesn't look natural to the way how they would gesticulate while speaking the same sounds or words, let's say. Again, lip syncing, it's one thing that sometimes like there is like one moment, there is one word, I don't know, Habibi somewhere in the song or some other like word, whatever, and it just, you can't help but you keep doing it. Okay, that's your natural response to this moment in the song. But it's another thing that you are consciously trying to lip sync throughout the whole song. Still, you are a dancer, you are not a singer. There is a spot for singer, even if it's on the recorded music, but there is a singer. You don't need to be a singer, you are a dancer. So, once again, with that said, this is not like, oh, this is right or this is wrong. I just want to bring your attention that where it comes from, why you are doing it, what's the reasoning. And if it comes really naturally and authentically from you, it's one thing. If it's trying to imitate or thinking that it will add to your performance, double question it because in many cases, in the examples that I gave, it may do opposite job of taking out from the impression and overall performance that you're creating on stage. And the importance, another importance, the final one that I want to bring your attention to is while you're interpreting any song, but especially a tarp song, it is very important to find the way to relate to the meaning of the song and to the lyrics. You may not experience the exact situation described in the song. Like maybe it's a heartbroken that someone uh, went away to travel or someone disappeared or whatever. You may not have those exact situations in your life, but the emotions that those situations would create, you probably have experienced maybe in some other scenarios. And they be, can be something close to the original meaning of the song, or it can be emotions completely different, completely like silly, you know? If a song talks about, I don't know, annoyance, maybe you do, can't relate to the, I don't know, love story that is in the song that one moment brought annoyance, but maybe you can remember, I don't know, someone cutting you yesterday in a line or on a traffic <laughs> jam, and you felt that annoyance. And being able to dig deep and find those emotions and where you can relate, not necessarily even to the story of the song, but to the emotions of the song, is kind of your toolbox for expression, for energy expression of the dance, either it's choreography or improvisation. And this is the skill of real acting. So acting and expressing emotions, it's not about movements. It's not about would you cover your eyes here or would you, uh, I don't know, squeeze your forehead in the attempt to suffer or cry on stage or bring your arm to this side or that side. It's not about that. It's about energy and intention from within. Can you relate to the emotion and can you bring that emotion from within you in that specific moment on stage? And if you are able to experience it yourself and to share it, to make audience experience it or experience response to this emotion on that specific moment through dance and through music, 
that is the moment of Tar. And that is the ultimate goal of, I think, any art to make observer and to make audience feel something, feel not so happiness, but feel response to this art, but especially in dance world. And on this note, I wish you experimenting with different styles, including Tarab songs, and I'm wishing you to, even if not every time possibly, but as much and as often as possible to find that place of Tarab, to create that place of Tarab, and to share it with your audience. That's it for today. I hope you have enjoyed this episode and before you leave, don't forget to screenshot and share it with your friends. The more people get inspired, the better it is for our dance community. Until next time, keep shimming and see you soon. This episode was brought to you by the Yana Dance Club, a meeting place for committed dance enthusiasts of all levels. Most of our members shared that the club helped them to improve consistency in their training, meet new dance friends and discover various topics through hundreds of different tutorials. This is definitely a belly dance training that becomes a lifestyle. Learn more at yanadanceclub.com, link in the show notes or simply visit yanadanceclub.com and try for 7 days for free.